Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. We will be continuing our conversation from yesterday, and we hope you enjoy. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you know, when I met Jim, I, I definitely tr- probably was trying to embody this worldview somewhat. But I remember, I remember growing up, you know, I very much, when I, when I started to really try to, you know, live out what it means to be a Christian, I was focused probably predominantly on, you know, believing rightly which is important in and of itself, but that became a hyper-focus. You know, what do I believe? How smart and intellectual can I be? And um, how, how many good ideas can I acquire? And then also, you know, when, when I think about my own unwanted behaviors and thoughts and patterns, you know, growing up, um, I would just, you know, a lot of times in, ch- in church growing up, you know, a lot of people meant well, but it was just kind of this white knuckle, like, do better, be better, you know, fix yourself, stop it kind of approach to unwanted behaviors and thoughts. And I would always try like really hard to be a better person and would find myself still wanting the things I shouldn't want. And it wasn't, and, and not saying that I'm completely like healed of, of temptation or anything. Cause I, I'm of the camp that thinks that that's absurd, but, but, uh, where, where I really started to gain ground was I think when I started to work with Jim and realize like, man, I have a pretty distorted view of the importance of relationships. You know, I was at the time pastoring and um, my relationship with my wife was struggling. Like I was working all the time and trying to, you know, perform and be a good pastor and like you said, people please and try to say all the right things and do all the right things. And, um, and I neglect, I, I, I noticed that I began to neglect the most important relationships in my life and it didn't, it wasn't going well. It wasn't working well at all. Shocker. But, um, it was really when I started to realize, man, at the end of the day, like they say, the quality of my life is dependent upon the quality of my relationships. I wonder if those of you listening and even us now could pause and just think about our life and take inventory for a moment. Just like how satisfied am I with my current state of living? Like when I think about the relationships that I would consider to be close, like how how are they? Mm. Um, How's it going? How do I feel about them? How do those people feel about me? What's, what are those interactions? Like, what have those interactions been like? So I don't know if we can just pause for just a brief moment. Just everyone think about that. Like, what are your relationships like? And I wonder if there's a correlation between how satisfied or dissatisfied you are with your life and the quality of those relationships, right? Um, because for me, that's super important. Like we believe you can't, and I know we're going to kind of beat a dead horse here. <laughs> I hate to say that term, but the, the point being, you know, we're, we're restating what we've already said, but I can't have a full life, at least in my experience, without those fundamental relationships being healthy or at least, he- or at least me prioritizing them. I can't think my way out of a relational problem. 
I can't white knuckle my way out of a relational problem. And it's fascinating to me that over the years at the refuge in particular, every time a man struggles, he's always, and that's a strong thing to globalize it and say always, but I will say he always is, is, is in a place of isolation. Yes, for sure. So I don't know if that sparks anything for you, if, if, if you have any thoughts about that, but, um, I just, you know, I'm trying to think about it even in my story and, and it's easy to notice too, just when things go awry, when things go wrong, Mm -hmm. just how the relational aspect shows up, you know? I think it would be, I think I would say always also, um, there is always a broken relationship at the root of every single one of the challenges that we face. That is at the root. So that if that's true, then what it does is because we've just talked about an awful lot of like, we've been emphasizing this relational thing. So what do we do with that information? So if that is most important, what, what's next step? Like, what do I do? How do I address something? Well, it's identifying, like you can identify it in yourself. Like right now, like what is, where is the most tension right now in your life? What is the thing that is forefront of your mind, uh, issue or challenge or problem you want to solve? And it might be, it's like, well, I don't like where I work. Okay. Well, why? Like just dig into that. Is it, is it about like what it is that you're actually doing or is it the people there? Is it the value that you put in? to how you're treated there? Or do you think that you need to have a different job because your self-worth, your relationship with yourself, how you see and view yourself uh, is connected to the job you have? So it's identifying what is that, what is the frustration, tension in service of? So it's digging into it, which is exactly what we're saying about how drugs are a consequence or are they a, an offshoot of a bigger issue? So when you are, when you have a desire to use when you have a desire to do something you don't want to do, you need to be able to ask yourself, what is that underlying issue that I'm actually trying to address? The nice thing about these tensions, it is every single time there is one, it's God introducing himself into the picture again, reminding us that we need him and help guide us through these relational um, potholes and landmines that are going to be out there. Mm -hmm. So how do I respond to those things? And if we think that like, oh, well, if I switch jobs, that'll fix the problem. That's probably not. That's probably not true. Right. Now, if we're able to dig down into like what relational issue is being brought to the surface because of this tension point, that's the thing we need to work on. Because it might be just like I need to hold somebody accountable. I need to stand up for myself. Someone's treating me poorly, and, I, and it's less. It's lowering the value I have for myself. Um, it. It's something underneath that we want to dig into, and if you're already at that point then it's having a conversation with someone else that you trust, a relationship with someone else that you trust. And like, this is my issue. How do I move forward? This is what I think I should do. What do you think about it? Getting different perspectives on something. And you can only do that with someone else. You can't like have a different, you can't have multiple conversations with just yourself. Um, You can, but it rarely works out well. Yeah. So you see how they are already interconnected. And then the great thing is, is if you're in relationship with someone else who also values their relationship with God above everything else, you both have that same shared like North star of focus on this is how we should accomplish things together. Yeah. Well, genuine community is always built upon shared beliefs and values. And that kind of goes along with what you just said. 
uh, we, we, you know, if, if I've got someone who is also a Christian, then we may, we may have very, you know, not much in common with much else, but if our worldview around God is similar then I've, then I actually have a lot in common and we're able to help one another, um, wrestle through what it means to live out that kind of life. Mm-hmm which is powerful and, and that's what we need and yeah. that's what God has in and of himself. And that's what God I think is welcoming us into. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we do at the refuge. Yeah. You know, I've been toying with our mission statement really not in an effort to make it different or better, but just thinking through really discovering what do we do? And the, the latest version that, that I've been working with is, is our mission is to help people recover from relational brokenness that's resulted in unwanted beliefs, thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. I'll read it one more time. Our mission is to help people recover from relational brokenness that has resulted in unwanted beliefs, thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. What I like about that definition is it puts us all in the category of recovery. It puts all of us on an equal plane. Because I think sometimes, you know, you know, I don't necessarily today want to get into the stigma of, of addiction and, 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 and disease and all that kind of stuff. But I think one of the stigmas that, that is worth addressing right here is this idea that there's some people that struggle with addiction and there's some people that don't. Because at the end of the day, when we define addiction as relational brokenness at, the, at its core, that is something that we are all in recovery from. All yep. of us. For sure. Hmm. It's just the the thing that we're addicted to. It could be, um, it could be money. It could be status. It could be sex. It could be uh, coffee. It could be food. It just depends on what it is. Where if we recognize that each of us have one, that like the advantage that uh, guys in the refuge have is that they have identified that the thing that they are attaching their hope and desire and future to is going to kill them. A lot like everyone else is like walking around just unaware of how their relational problems are negatively impacting them. They might realize that like, man, I wish my life was a little bit better, but you know, I'm, I'm not this or that. It's, it kind of, it it gives us purpose. So I would say that someone who has experienced an addiction to drugs is like, it is a gift in and of itself because it is identified for you. You are, you are so much better off being able to say, honestly, that I have an issue that I need help with. And it's not something I can, like what you said earlier, white knuckle through or just do better, try harder, just stop using. You have to do it in community because that's how we grow together. It's not like we do our own work so we can be in better relationships with other people because that's it just builds on a better relationship with myself and we get to experience like what guys experience in the first first phase. There's that shared experience of, I no longer want to use. Your pain is very similar to mine. Your healing is very similar to mine. It's not a solitary story. It's a story that we all share together moving forward. That's the con- deep connection that, that guys experience often that you're experiencing right now is identifying, I am not alone in this crap. I'm not alone in this problem. There's other people who are experiencing this too. And the nice thing is there's guys around you who've been sober and are now thriving in healthy lives, not perfect lives, but they're thriving. They're moving in a positive direction that you can see that we're in the same spot you are in right now, but they're a year ahead, six months ahead, three months ahead. 
there's always work to be done. And that shouldn't be daunting. It's, it is a gift because we are constantly able to get closer to others, get closer to God. Like that is, that is an excellent challenge to put your life towards is constantly being closer to God, which helps you get closer to yourself and others, which is what our deepest desire is, is to be known, deeply known by God. And it takes a lot of time to figure out who we actually are. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. The current conversation will continue tomorrow. We'll see you then.